welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host. It is me, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. Really kind of ASMR this week. I'm really close into that microphone. Getting that real breathy, breathy quality. Yeah. I don't think we've got to do that for the entire podcast. <laughs> so you're here with me, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are also here with Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a sexy podcast. Yeah, that's 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 the last time I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, to be fair though, if if there is anything that someone could wank to on the internet, they oh. will. So, yeah, okay, point taken. You have made someone's day, Matthew. Excellent. But speaking of ASMR, <laughs> this is is always a great podcast starter. This is, isn't it? <laughs> Where is this going? Um, have you checked out? Weirdly enough, um, the Xander Effects latest video. I have not. So, premise behind it is that he's got his uh, he's got his wife, uh, uh, like narrating him building some like of the new smaller board cafetiers. Okay, uh, and it's <laughs> it's a, a mix between like. Complete piss take and ASMR. Well, what I, what I assume <laughs> ASMR is like, because uh, funnily enough, I have never really gotten into that whole thing. You've, you've never fallen down the rabbit hole that is AM, ASMR? No, I haven't, no. Um, I, I don't really understand it. Um, but, yeah. You see, you see, ASMR is old days. You need binaural ASMR now. Yeah, to, to be fair, having having gone to uni and studied kind of sound engineering i understand those words in in isolation yeah we'll combine them together and have somebody moving between two microphones that, that then yeah simulates yeah, yeah. Them, having like, like stereo around you and it's like asmr but they're moving around you and it's really even more creepy it's like asmr deluxe yeah Fuck's sake, that, that is a podcast title, isn't it? Fuck, fuck me, that's... We are... <laughs> yeah. We're off to a winner straight away. That's it, yeah. I don't think we've even started the podcast normally. Like, we haven't started as it is. Um, you've you've said an episode number. I haven't. I've not told haven't us that you? it's one episode 160. Although it, it was very almost uh, episode 1,670 because I mistyped it. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I I almost just ran with that. It's like sometimes when I'm doing my uh, like when I'm texting and I'm using the swipe type to try and save some time. Don't know why I ever do because it it doesn't work too well. Um, it just like I'll be swiping and not really paying attention to what's actually being written down. I'll just have the intention of what I want to type in my head. Then I look down and the sentence is completely different. And by that point in the conversation, I'm very tempted to just send whatever shit it had typed. <laughs> so like, yeah, that's that's no, that's no it. Uh, so that, like plan. that was the podcast equivalent of that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm giving a shout out right now to um, to Xander uh, 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 Alex um, Alex Miller is his wife Maisie. Um, like for a couple of key key phrases within that that podcast, she, she refers to his like uh, 
his his hands are like meaty digits. <laughs> she, like, uh, she, she's just taking the piss out of how swole he is uh, and she refers to uh, a tantalum capacitor as the golden snitch looking mother fluffer um, <laughs> which absolutely like it's worth it for for the price of admission alone is that so I, I urge you to go and watch that video because it had me in fucking stitches um, fair enough yeah, we are we we are doing a podcast today. <laughs> we are, honestly, we are doing one. Um, so, um, before we before we get in on the podcast, let's do a do a little shout to our patronizers. A little as two dollars a month, you can be one of these people, one of the cool kids, part of the crew, um, and our patronizers, if I remember them rightly. We've got Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. We've got. Uh, Andrew Bimson, we've got Doug Christ of 37 Effects. We have got Joseph Richardson of Joseph Richardson Music and of, oh fuck, what's his band called? I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, gonna look it up, but I'm gonna pretend I'm not. Uh, Abstractian, I didn't, I didn't find it, but it's Abstractian, Abstractian band. Um, Who's after Joseph? It's a huge erection, isn't it? <laughs> He's got a huge erection behind him. <laughs> Watch out, Joe. Then we've got Fletcher, Fletcher Pickups. And we've got our newest patroniser, Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. You need to get on that if you haven't, because the Tone Jerks are awesome. Uh, Absolutely. I, I need to apologise to the Tone Jerks as well, because I've, I've not been... Uh, on it with the Tone Jerks for the last couple of weeks because, um, you know, the whole global thing, commuting doesn't quite take as long to the like to downstairs and to the fridge, so, <laughs> you know. But yeah, makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah, when I when I have to like go back into work, I will be cannonballing through like episodes and episodes worth of uh, Tone Jerks because. Gets me through, man. Gets me through. So, yeah. we've, we've got stuff to talk about, haven't we, Matt? We have got stuff to talk about. We have. We have. Although I'm not allowed to talk about mine. You, you, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. It's um, it's not quite as warm as it was last week. Because um, when, when we were doing the live cast, genuinely, like, once the, uh, once the live stream had ended, and I think you can hear it actually in the cast, because uh, like once we've done the joke, Will's like, "Yeah, later," and just fucks right off. Whereas we usually <laughs> like have a have a little kind of post game chat. Yeah. Um, it, like it was literally a case of, "Yeah, I'm sweating my bollocks off here. I am running. See you later." <laughs> yeah. Um, it was quite quite warm on that Sunday, wasn't it? It was a bit. Yeah. Uh, now it's just claggy. Um, it's I. I was uh, I had the misfortune of going out uh, this afternoon, because um, really strangely I've had some some problems with my car. Uh, like last the end of last week, the passenger side window stopped working, um, and if if it had just stopped working, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But it stopped working when there was like a gap, just about an inch gap before it had closed. So I, I had to take the whole of the panel off the door to 
uh, like the panel off the door to get to the motor that was keeping the door that keeping the window like slightly open. yeah slightly open and to take that off push the window up manually and then reattach the motor uh, so that went wrong last week this morning pulled off the drive thinking oh my car's uh, car's not quite as responsive as it usually is heard this like sound so I'll, I'll pull over one of my tires completely flat <laughs> oh, you bastard um so i uh i went out for a a little bit of pokemon go this afternoon um and then it started pissing down and then there was thunder uh, nice so, so it's yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty bad uh and just this real kind of horrible claggy heat yeah which is not cool yeah, so uh, we had the horrible heat last week. It kind of got claggy over the weekend, and yeah. now we've just got shitty rain. Yeah. I mean, at least we know where we're at with that in the UK. Yeah. It's when it does this whole, oh, I'm, I'm going to be sunny. No, I'm not. Oh, I'm going to be sunny. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's yeah. the stuff that does your head in. But like, mainly for me, it's because that kind of weather, where it's been sunny for a period of time and then it kicks up rain is where it kicks up loads of pollen as well. And I, I I become worse than I am in winter with a cold. Yeah. So, yeah, it's fucking bad. But fortunately, I can speak and I can breathe at the moment. For now. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's that. Um, but, so, we have done some stuff this week, rather than just, like, moaning about the weather and my car being an absolute shitbag. Um, <laughs> we've done some stuff. I've largely been playing YouTuber. Um, <laughs> Sounds like a brass instrument, the YouTuber. Um, right, so last last week, according to this, hasn't been recorded yet. So the week before that was the uh, no talk or time was the mini uh, mini tube screamer. Um, Correct. Which is something that I thought I'd actually done <laughs> because I've had it so long and I've done stuff that that are really, really similar. Like the um, the the Joyo one, the Joyo Vintage Overdrive. And there have been like various like, kind of low-gain bluesy drives that I've done that they yeah. <laughs> they all just kind of merge into <laughs> one. But like the, 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 the YouTube scream, <laughs> fuck's sake, what's going on with my, my words? Uh, the the mini tube screamer log is it's legit. So it's it's based around the, the TS nine circuit, I believe. No, it's a TS eight oh eight. No, no, no. So it, so it looks like an eight oh eight, but it it's the circuits are nine. So I've I'm been pretty to... sure the circuits an eight oh eight circuit. I'm gonna Google this whilst you talk. Okay, because... yeah, do it because in my video I, I, I did say that it, it's a, a a nine circuit. So. I was under the impression that it's a, a nine, which is slightly more gain and slight, uh, like a little bit more bass, I think. Um, but largely, <laughs> uh, so as I've been told, two resistors difference between <laughs> between that and the eight hundred eight. Uh, yeah. What what are you coming up with uh, there, man? Uh, I. It- 
Yeah, the first website I've clicked on doesn't give me the answer that I want. No, like uh, it doesn't give me any answer at all. No, the websites that try and sell it don't don't go into it. Uh, but but either way, it, it's a fantastic like what I described it as is if you haven't heard a tube screamer and you are curious about the tube screamer, that is the best place to go. Because it sounds like a tube screamer. It doesn't have any of the pitfalls of like the cheaper tube screamers where you've got to like find the sweet spot. So like for example, the vintage overdrive by Joyo is great for two thirds of the tone pot. But like the, the real bottom end of the tone pot is a bit too dark sounding a bit too undefined. And those are the kind of drawbacks that you get with like the cheaper ones. Here we go. According to Sweetwater, the Tube Screamer Mini is a compact 808. Huh, there you go. What do you know, Sweetwater? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I haven't opened it up, and even if I did, I'd look at it and just go, yep, that's a circuit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, it, it's one of the two. Uh, <laughs> and it's, yeah, Tube Screamer based, so it's... like You, you know where you're at with it, but it's... It's a lot cheaper than I thought it was, actually. I thought they were about, like, 80, 90 quid, whereas they are, like, 60, 60 pounds say, UK. They're, they're, like, between 60 and 69 quid. Yeah. Um, in the US, it's, like, seventy four ninety nine or something like that, which is yeah. ridiculous. Like, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Well, I think I bought mine when they were about 95 quid, which was not long after they dropped. Yeah. And to be fair, at 95 quid... You're still getting a pretty fucking good deal there. Yeah, bearing in mind the the the, choose, the TS9 and the TS808 were like 100 and, 160. Yeah. No. So yeah, you're still making a massive saving, and it's a smaller footprint. And now they've fallen in price even further. Yeah. And yeah. you can pick them up on the used market for like forty quid. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I picked mine up for like thirty five. Um. So it 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 really kind of springs. Fourth in your mind, why why you'd bother going for stuff like the vintage overdrive unless you were like on a real real budget and all you had was like fifteen quid because you can pick those up on the used market if you look around for like fifteen quids, um, like most most of the time, um, but yeah, like I'd I'd say like if I was if I was aiming that pedal towards someone. Say if you've never tried a tube screamer and you think actually I, I think think I'm tube screamer curious. You ain't going far wrong with that one. Not at all. And I'm saying like I'm not, I'm not saying it's the best like the the best or the most iconic version of the tube screamer. Um, if you buy that and you like it and you think like the, this circuit's really cool, like the basis of this circuit's really cool, but I'd like to tweak this or that or, or whatever. Like there are places that I'd point you. I'd say like, "Hello, Sailor or JSA." We've got like their versions of the modded, uh, modded screamers, or like even like the Antares, which is like yeah. You see, the Antares is like on another level compared to a tube screamer, though. Like it does so much more than that. It can do that, but yeah. it does so much more. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like with the tube screamer, the the gain control is an active blend between gain and clean signal, I believe. Like, it, as one goes okay. up, the other one goes up. 
Yeah. Or, or sorry, as the game goes, up, goes the, up, the clean signal goes yeah. down. Whereas the the Antares gives you the option of like tweaking Retaining. that yourself. Um, and it's it's more based towards kind of the Japanese um, mid hump overdrives rather than the uh, I say the Japanese ones. I was going to say the Japanese. Yeah, but like the 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 yellow the Japanese. yellow one. Yeah, rather than the green one. Yeah, um, not the yellow two, the yellow one. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I'd say it was a kind of gateway pedal. Um, and a really cool one. And again, log if you picked it up on the used market for like forty quid, you'll be able to sell it for that all day, every yep. day. So if you are tube screamer curious, definitely, definitely buy go there. I mean, who hasn't tried a tube screamer by now though? <laughs> like, really? Uh, you'd probably be surprised. Like I, it took me probably twelve years of no, can't be twelve years. Probably about eight years of playing before I tried a tube screamer yeah I think I mean it it had been quite a while before I tried an actual tube screamer I'd, I'd tried alternatives I've got like I had the bad monkey from about three years worth of playing um, and I obviously tried like the um, the Moor Green Mile and the um, yeah. the the vintage overdrive before I got the um, the Yes, eight oh nine. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that was that was this week. Uh, sorry, not last week. The week before, but also it hasn't come out for us yet. But by it the time be. that this is out, it will be out. Uh, I'm premiering, pre- premiering, pre- premiering um, on pedal boards of doom. Uh, yeah, I'm doing that again. Uh, um, so I'm I'm doing a new uh, a new series called Stomp v Stomp, um, which is essentially auditioning the uh, the sounds within the the um, the AHX Stomp uh, versus the actual pedal counterparts. But like I said, the uh, the mini tube screamer is pretty much a a pretty good copy of the. The tube screamer circuit just in a smaller uh, enclosure. So uh, I auditioned that against the two, um, the two variants within the the stump. So you've got like the legacy mode, which is probably the mode that you're most familiar with, Matt. Uh, yeah. Which will be on like the the M9 and the old distortion modeler, and I think even the old pods as well. Um, Large, like, largely like the M series known for. Oh yeah, the the reverbs and delays are brilliant. Yeah, Don't bother going anywhere. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was some. There were some pretty decent ones. Like the the tri chorus. I remember being absolutely banging in that. Yeah, I used the tri chorus as my chorus sound for a long time until I bought an analog man. So, well, there you go. Yeah. So trumped only by the analog man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I I auditioned it against. What I thought would be a crap tube screamer, and like the uh, the the HX model, which is Screamer eight oh eight, which it doesn't take a genius to figure out where that one's aiming. Um, it is a clon. <laughs> that would be like like the oh 
like the Minotaur or something like that. It's, it's something stupid. Yeah. Um, but funnily, funnily enough, actually, like the the eight hundred eight Screamer mode had your your controls that you'd expect your gain, volume, tone. The Legacy Screamer mode had like five or six different controls. There was like a treble control, a bass control. I think there was oh. maybe a bias control as well. And I'm like, you what? I've no idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I was what? confused. I'd, I'd literally, I'd set it to like a little bit more treble than it than it has a stock. Because that's usually where you put a tube screamer. Just like notch up the treble just a bit. Cretin. Um And then that's it. Yeah. I'd done it for all of them. Kind of like mid gain, like gain at 12 o'clock. A little bit more yeah. treble, and then that was it. And then I auditioned them, um, and I tried some arty shots with it as well. The uh, the the camera angle this week was not the not the standard top down on the tea tray as you get with. Uh, you you do realise like in three months' time you're going to be talking about the camera slider you've bought for your videos and all yeah. the rest of this. I stuff. mean, you say that I was I was very much. Um, very much researching uh, gimbals this week. See if I could get one for under under a hundred quid that was not shit. Uh, um, turns out no. Uh, so. Camera shit is expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the cameras that I've got are, are old cameras. They're like ten, fifteen year old cameras, but they work better than a mobile phone. So it's in. Just about, and they require a lot more faff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's like ridiculous amount more more faff, and like the the rendering and exporting times on the files that come from the the uh, cameras are much more <laughs> much more hefty than that of like mobile phone camera file sizes. Uh, so I've shot myself in the foot by like. Trying to be all pro and stuff, but hey ho, we're in that we're in that boat now. Uh, so yeah, so I've I've kicked off a new um, a new series on pedalboards of doom, but we've got a new like a new video team on pedalboards of doom pretty much. Um, and before this cast, like directly before this cast, I directed Matt to go watch one of these videos, and like by the time this video is out. By the time this podcast is out, sorry, that video will have had all the impact it needs to, hasn't it? So you you watched the um, what was it like the the rapid gear review uh, by yeah. Lowell? Ra- rapid fire gear review, gear review in under a minute. Yeah, and it's on the tube screamer again. It is worth, this <laughs> yeah. is this, is this week tube screamer podcast. This week is sponsored by the tube. Yeah, screamer. this was a TS nine though. It was it was a, like the the square button TS nine rather than. Uh, an 808 or a um, yeah. mini yeah yeah and um it was it was a good review wasn't it Matt? it was it was like yeah i really into like for a minute's worth of your time it's definitely worth a watch yeah so but you yeah. must watch the entire 60 seconds yes yes you absolutely have to absolutely um yeah, so we we've got we've got a few a few new chaps. Lowell is one of them. Uh, Lowell is hilarious. Um, uh, you'll you'll find out why. Um, but 
the video he did two weeks ago as well uh, was on the Game Changer plasma pedal. Um, and he he comes at these videos with, like, such enthusiasm and such... I think some like someone compared him to, like, a 90s pro wrestler. And <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that, that makes absolute sense. The problem is that the, all of those 90s pro wrestlers you're thinking of were both on steroids and cocaine. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Lowell yeah, he, he has definitely the has the air of Macho Man Randy Savage, like proper, just hyped up, really excited for everything. Yeah, uh, and it, it makes it really exciting to watch. Uh, then, does. then we've got um, we've we've also got Mikey, who's who's made an appearance recently. Mikey is a very talented musician, which makes me feel nervous. <laughs> yeah, you don't need any of them. Yeah, so. <laughs> He did. Um, I can't even remember what. Ped- oh, he did the terraform. No, he hasn't. That one's not out yet. Shit. <laughs> that one will be out this week. Bleep, bleep. Um, he did. He did something. Oh, it was Fairfield Circuits, weren't it? Uh, the something water. Still water, something like that. I don't know. Uh, the one that's sure. basically like a tape emulation. Um. And he did it like it starts off going through like synthy stuff, and then there's a guitar guitar riff where he's he's doing it's like all like very similar to like the no talk all time stuff where he's like manipulating knobs whilst um whilst the loop's going on, but he does that with synth and with guitar and with bass, and then through like um like a a drum like an electronic drum kick kind of like sampler pad thing uh, and it just it's just amazing it's got really kind of really spacey and chilled out so yeah I, I, I was really digging it but it's like it's two opposite ends of the spectrum like Lowell is this massive personality like 90s pro wrestler like you say like steroids and cocaine just in, in encapsulated and Mikey's just like the most chilled out. Just like making these super, super chill beats. Uh, and then we've got, uh, we had a revival of the news segment as well from Lee. Um, and actually, like we, we got, a, we, we joke about it on the podcast quite a few times, how much heat we got from the last uh, bunch of news segments that we did. Um, th- These ones... I think we've nailed it this time. I think we've got it. I think we've got it. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave leave the, the, the YouTube chat there because this is not a YouTube podcast. Damn it. Um, but, like, I, I would urge you to go and, go and check out some of the Peabod stuff because it's, uh, it's all kicking off there. And uh, you're probably going to see some up, update, well, quite a few updates every week. So let's check it out. Matt. You mentioned that you have done some stuff this week that we, yeah, well, we can't can, know about. I, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about it. Uh, the only feedback I've had is, like, you bastard or you lucky prick or, for fuck's sake, is he talking about that again? You know, so I can't, I can't talk about it. I'm, I don't care. I'm going to talk about it anyway. I've gigged again. I've gigged with both bands. Like, we've had two weekends 
and I've gigged in both of them. And we've got a gig coming up this weekend as well. And yeah, I've like got four now booked in September. Just yeah, the Isle of Man is open for business, people. <laughs> I am. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I like. It. Um, yeah. So gigs with, with like the. I'm just going to call them first band and second band because it's the easiest way. Yeah, to yeah, it. So yeah. gig with the first band, not the weekend just gone, the one before, for a joint. Let me get this right. 18th, 21st, 30th, 40th, 50th, and 80th birthday parties in the end. So when nice. it was initially booked, it was an 18th, a 40th, and an 80th. Or no, 18th, 50th, and an 80th. And then just as other people who'd been invited, sort of, they all realised they all had birthdays within like a week and a half of each other. Um, and yeah. it, the guy like had a, a massive marquee in his in the grounds of his rather nice house and um yeah just said people could invite other friends so there was like loads of different age ranges like like say 18th 21st 30th 40th 50th 80th it was just just kind of like a, a, a massive party atmosphere um just really fun gig like um yeah everybody was out to enjoy themselves nobody was being stupid or anything there was one incident where somebody was really drunk and threw a pint glass in the air and was just escorted out by his mates before anybody else could come over. <laughs> Other than that, it was just like a fairly standard party, just people having having a good time. Yeah. Really fun gig. Um, so yeah, gig with them. And then on Friday night, I went straight from work to a pub, set up and played a gig. And yeah, with the other band and... Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed that. It's it's a while since I've done a proper, proper pub gig. It's probably like over a year since I've done like an actual proper pub gig, and like just getting to just you know rock up the football finishes and that's it. You're on and just yeah play play music to a pub full of people you don't know. Like there's obviously a few people that you do know, but for the majority, it's people you don't know. Everybody's up and dancing and moving and singing and just yeah having a great time yeah it's it's one thing getting a uh getting a crowd of people who are there to party up and moving another thing to win over a crowd who aren't necessarily there to, to be listening to music yeah. on side we had a yeah we had a gig like that when we were much younger and much thinner <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was it's a weird one. It was a it's just like a really really shitty venue in in terms of like the the space that they gave you because it weren't really set up for bands. It like the there was a stage and it was probably about like waist high from the floor. It was a really tall stage, but it was really really small. There was space for like the drums, and then there was almost like a really small catwalk up the front where the singer could go. Um, but once you'd put, like, the drums and the amps, you were pretty much standing on the edge of the stage. And on the side that I was, because I was on, like, stage left, there was all of the unused, like, mic stands and stuff. So I was not only having to play, I was having to, like, not poke myself in the face with a mic stand. <laughs> uh, and, like, we... We're doing the gig as like a uh, like a favour to a promoter friend. Um, and what he failed to mention was like the headline act 
were it was their first gig. They were like fifteen year old kids, and they were there to like support their mates who were yeah. like 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 school battle of the band kids, like playing fucking sweet child of mine and like Mustang Sally and all these like all these like pub classics. Yeah. Uh, so like we got on, we were playing like all original material, like blues and funk, and we were thinking like this ain't gonna go well at all. <laughs> we we are we are not, not their the right target group. market. <laughs> um but like shit, it was one of the best gigs we ever played. Cause Thanks. like all of the like because it was like a like a teeny bopper kind of thing. They'd brought a load of their like girl mates along. And because it was stuff you could dance to, like that we were playing, they were all just up like, yeah, let's have a dance. So they were like absolutely packing it out and like proper, proper vibe into the music. Um, and it was wicked. It was a really good gig. Um, despite, <laughs> despite having about, about four inches of space each. <laughs> yeah, this was very similar. Like I've spoken about this venue before, but it, they when they redid the venue, they made the stage too small. Yeah, and like it. Yeah, so literally, I couldn't move forward or backwards. I lit- I had a mic stand and a pedal board in front of me, and my ass was on my amp, um, which made it very difficult to hear my amp because I don't have ears in my ass. Yeah, like having ears in in the back of your calf muscles would be like, ideal. I, I literally like we had to raise the uh, the singer's amp up as well. Yeah. So normally I put my vox on my like box of cables and stuff, but I put his amp on that, and I put my AC fifteen vertical, so it looked like a vertical two twelve. Oh, nice! Just to just to try and like raise it, and it didn't really help, but like yeah. it, it it was enough to sort of like when I really, really, really needed to hear myself yeah. rather than like what I normally do, which is just step forward a little bit and make sure that you can hear everything. Yeah. Couldn't do that. So you just squat down ever so slightly and tilt your <laughs> ear down towards your amp and you can just about hear what you're playing then. Yeah, the crowd like, my God, that guy's got a weird uh, weird guitar stance. She just like <laughs> kind of curled over sideways. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's great fun. Like we play all sorts and like right the way through from 50s to like I want to say current music. I don't know how recent the most recent song is. I'm going to guess it's like 2014 or something. So that's basically now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean anything after 2014, <laughs> you can pretty much write off. Well, I mean, I'd written like I, I'm not a big fan of this song. I can't even remember what it's called. I'm googling the man's name, and he has one song. So. It's from 2013. It's called John. It's called "Love Me Again" by John Newman. It was on an advert at some point. That's the only way I know it. Um, but yeah, how does it go? Uh, the it's like ah yeah. Need to know oh, no, 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 no. now, no now. Do you, you love, love me again? again? And the the guitar line is all just like triads, jink, 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 jink. So I don't have a strat, so it was played on a Les Paul, and yeah, fight yeah, me. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it, like. <laughs> but um, there's there's one bit where like because it's all like piano and synth for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the 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 keyboarder 
the keyboard player was like, right, the, the, this really like heavily played piano stuff, I can't play synth with it. So I was using the Mel 9 to do like a choral like or strings effect over the top. Yeah, kind of padding to, it. To like to to fill where the, the the synth sound should have been, which is I think the synth sound was like a, a stringy style one anyway. So it works well enough. But yeah, like that's the most modern we get to. But like that went down a storm. Yeah, because all of the young people know it. And yeah, I, yeah, it's been on advert, hasn't it? <laughs> and th- there was even like a point where a group of drunk—I I don't even know how old they were—they were, they were a, a drunk young ladies. I would say like mid twenties came in and asked for milkshake whilst I was trying to tune a guitar into Open G. So our <laughs> singer just started rapping the words to milkshake. <laughs> Good man. Okay, yeah, this is now happening. The keyboard player was like working out what to do over the top. I was just like, I was like, okay, this is actually happening. But unfortunately, we went straight from that into Down Down by Status Quo because I then got into my open G tuning. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like it was crazy gig. Great fun. Um, yeah, just loved every minute. I loved being back pub gigging. Um, going back to play the same venue again next month. I think we. I'm, I'm with everyone here. Say fuck you, Matt. Yeah. Fuck no. Absolutely. No. Totally get it. But, I, yeah, I just I'm fallen back in love with playing in pubs all over again because like I'd got fed up of people getting pissed and like throwing a full pint of Carlin over two and a half thousand pounds worth of stuff I've got on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is my pedal board. Whereas, like, at least this venue, like, you raised up. Slightly less people than would be on one of the other band's gigs because they've got such a big following, and it just means that like I feel safer. Just, just get into the music, and like every everybody that I know that was there was like, "You really enjoyed yourself tonight, didn't you?" And I was like, "Yeah, it was. It was amazing." Yeah, absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? Yeah, and absolutely. You you can't. Yeah, I I've, I think I've said it before on on the cast, but I had a. A holiday where I was away from guitar for two weeks, and I found myself so inspired when I came back. I found that my calluses didn't work because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was uh, sunscreened up on my fingers. But I found myself so inspired, like I was playing lines that I hadn't played before, and it was just those like two week that two week little break, um, that kind of brought brought that inspiration back. Yeah. Um, but no, I like. I I would not begrudge you a moment of that because like if I had the opportunity I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Um, so hats off to you, man. Hats off to you. Yeah. Um, the other thing we were going to mention is I I posted this in one of the for- I've no idea what forum it was. It could have been any of the ones I'm in on Facebook. It was but, uh, um, it was Andy Guitar Geek Super Friends. Yeah. Yeah, so I basically I posted in the thing. The guys in the second band have been, well, mostly the bassist, but like the drummer and keyboard player played. They those three were like from a band that used to be around, and we kind of like reformed and pretty much a whole new set list. Like there's like five or six songs that they used to do, but mostly it's a new set list. Yeah, but they keep talking about Van Halen Jump because they really enjoyed playing it. It's something that you don't see a pub band do very often. I mean, there is a um, reason certainly for that. not local. Certainly not locally. Um, (laughs) And that was my response is there's a reason why pub bands don't do it because Van Halen was a very talented guitarist. The keyboard, the keyboard, like the fast keyboard solo bit is not going to be easy. Like I assume, like I know Chris well enough to know that he can definitely play it, but like, yeah, 
again, it, it it's a very it's not an easy song to do. It's not like something you throw together in fifteen minutes at band practice after everybody learns their part. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's a ones very with... intricate. Like you, you work on that for two or three. Yeah, it's got very specific weeks. parts, doesn't it? Like, yeah, with with certain songs, you can just bust bits, whereas the, all of the bits that interlock in that song are very, very specific. Very, yeah. very specific. So it's part. like the, the song that we do that, that I'd liken it to the most is "Saturday Nights Alright for Fighting" by Elton John, which it yeah. sounds like it's a you know just just a normal rock and roll song but it there's there's very very regimented bits that you have to get exactly right and in the right order and if you forget even one of them it just goes off into a yeah it just it, it doesn't work so that song we had to work on a few a fair few times before we got it and like this if if we do it and i'm not a shredder that this was my big thing was i'm not a shredder i've never been a shredder I lasted two-handed tapping when tapping when I was trying to learn the solo to one when I was about sixteen. Um, so like it, it's definitely not my normal wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. And they were like the other guitarist that they'd had in the old band had said the same thing, and and like eventually he'd written something or he came up with something that was kind of close enough that it fit in with a song, and he was happy enough playing. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know whether like somebody like me who doesn't have a shreddy guitar, like the, the the closest to a shred guitar I have is a Gibson Les Paul Studio. Not really a shred guitar. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, I mean, it's, in terms of like it's the flattest radius I've got. Yeah, the flat. Yeah, it's the flattest radius and kind of the, the shortest scale. Maybe so actually the S, the SG's probably got a bit more top for access, so maybe that. But like, I, uh, yeah, I, in terms of that, I don't think it's it's top fret heavy. I think. You can't you max out at about like seventeen or something like that. Yeah. So, but it's it's definitely speed playing. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah I'm. I I tend to cover the fact that I can't play fast by using fuzz when I try it. <laughs> that's 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 an option. That's still an um, option. But like they like you'd have to have something that was very clear because it, it is a very well defined clear solo. So like I'd probably end up just use using the tube screamer to boost the lead and then it's just kind of like can I do it and I I think if I sit down I'd probably be able to work something out that yeah. sounds inspired by obviously there's dive bombs from a Floyd Rose I don't own a guitar with a Floyd Rose I'm not spending a thousand pound on a good Floyd Rose guitar for a single song yeah oh, that's the problem isn't it I mean even if you're even if you're looking towards the cheaper end of Floyd Rose's, like you don't want to go any lower than about probably six, seven hundred quid. I was going to say, yeah. Once once you get outside of the six, seven hundred quid range of guitars with Floyd Roses, they become not Floyd Roses. They become either licensed or like yeah, they're yeah. like junior systems or like clones. And at that point, generally, I've found that even with a locking nut. The guitars tend not to stay in tune after you've used them once. I tell, I tell you what, actually, I tell a lie. Like the, like in terms of like Floyd Rose, yeah, yeah, you're talking like six, seven hundred quid is your your bare minimum, pretty much. But there are Ibanez guitars with the uh, the ZR yeah. tremolo system. Oh right, okay. Which is, in my opinion, and in in quite a few others' opinions. Um, an upgrade from the Floyd Rose system in terms of like how it works because it's got rather than being on the knife edge, it's got two ball bearing systems on on either end. 
where the knife yeah. edge would be. So it, it's it never really wears like a like a knife edge tremolo system. It doesn't need to get reground every like five years or whatever. Um, and it's got a if I remember rightly, it's called like the zero point system in the back. So it's where usually you just it's it's very much like a like a vintage spring system where you've got like springs counteracting the the um the strings and and you you essentially your bridge system is the the fulcrum on which the seesaw of tension sits yeah. um the the back end of the um the zr system is is a lot more complex than that and it's got like um like tension like a like a thumb screw thing where you can almost set set like a a resting position tension for your your tremolo system so if you snap a string while using it it still returns back to where that zero point of tension would be so okay. that the rest of the strings stay relatively, relatively in tune, in tune. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. It's like engineered within an inch of its life. Uh, and those systems are very good. The yeah. last time I, I did any research on this, which was when I was probably about 18, 19, they were only on the, the S series, which are fucking horrible. The necks on those I, are so thin. And I was going to say, that's like the super wizard or whatever they called that stupid fucking paper thin neck. Yeah, I, th- I think the, the point of it was that it was supposed to be, uh, it was supposed to be flat, but it was supposed to be a slightly thicker, um, uh, like a, a slightly more uh, vintage feel. Do you reckon was... the heel pocket is the same as a Fender Telecaster? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. No, it was it was a sculpted heel pocket, but it was I think they called called the uh, the neck profile profile an oval C or something like that. But it was so thin, it was much thinner than the the yeah. wizard necks, and the wizard necks are known for being quite thin. Uh, but they're Absolutely. they're flat on the back. The wizard necks are, are like a D shape, yeah. um, whereas this was an oval C. So it was it was supposed to be, as far as I'm aware, it was supposed to be aimed at like a more vintage feel. But it it didn't get there. But at it's all. the same width as a fucking piece of paper. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah I've uh, played S series before. I to be fair, S series sound pretty good. Didn't like how they played. Yeah, and that's it, isn't it? And I, I but, didn't like yeah. the bodies as well. The bodies, the the science behind it was that it was thick in the middle. Yeah. Uh, where the where the all edges. the where the pickups are. Yeah, and then it it became like very thin towards the ends, which felt really weird to me. It felt. Almost unnatural how how light the body was, um, and I, I've got a personal vendetta against this, and uh, only only Adam Yeomans will know why. Um, but we, we had a, a mutual friend who who insisted that the S series was the be- better than the RG, and uh, we got into an argument. I was like, "Well, well, I, I didn't mean to get into an argument with him. I was just being like, well." I I prefer the the neck profile on my RG. I, I I find I can play that one better than I can play yours. And then he went off on some mad mad rant about how the human mind works and how um how like I, of course I'd have preference over this uh, the guitar that I I played. And I was like, mate, I was too short. Needless <laughs> to say, we don't speak to this mutual friend so much no more. 
Um, <laughs> but it was it was a very surreal experience. And and if you ever see me and Yeomans tagging each other in S uh, sorry S series on the internet, you will know why. <laughs> we uh we do we do enjoy taking the piss out of that moment. Um, but yes, swinging back to the original point about <laughs> a fucking uh, jump by Van Halen. Pretty, pretty tough. Yeah, like I, I, I'm gonna have a go at it, and that's what I've said to the guy. Look, I'll, I'll have a go at home and see if I think I can play something that fits in with the song in the right place that I'd be happy to play in public. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. I, I'd say, like, if if you get into a point where you're stressing about it, or you think actually this this doesn't sound good enough to put in front of people. You just got to put your foot down and go. No, I, I, I'm not happy. Yeah, and then not that like they yeah. said. If I'm not happy to do it, we won't. We just won't do it. But it's, it's just, it's one that they all want. Or yeah, yeah. They, they seem to be like would like the idea to do it again. And yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, I do like the song. I especially like the horrendous version where they play along to the the. The wrong backing track. Um, that's <laughs> one of my fa- one of my favourite faux pas of all time. That it's um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. That is like <laughs> halfway through the solo, I think he realises that it's it's not the, the right key. The the best no, the best part is is the only person that had everything in the mix was the drummer. So he's the only one that can hear it for the most part. <laughs> oh, and he's just like, this is a train wreck. <laughs> like he's drumming along, but he's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you, like if it would be a pull, pull, pull me in ears out and hope I'm still doing the same. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd just be shouting loud noises. <laughs> just yeah, drumming it's, like, it's like 2008, I think, but I can't remember. If you Google "jump gone horribly wrong," you'll you'll find it. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember you sending me the link to it, and I was just like, "This is horrific. It is it is very bad." Like. Yeah, the the calibre of musicians who were up there playing that, this should not happen, but <laughs> alas, it did. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's well worth a, a watch for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Uh, that You see, that, that kind of disaster is what I'm scared of happening right now, and I haven't even looked at it yet, so maybe <laughs> I'm just like over... Over yeah. panicking, but yeah, like, you've I'll... you've conditioned yourself into thinking if I play jump, bad things will happen. <laughs> Quite possibly, uh, but yeah. But we'll we'll, we'll see about, how like, it goes. Like, I've I was doing some interneting this week, um, and there was a a post on a on one of these forums. I don't know if it was again the guitar guitar geek super friends one, but it's someone who was just like, I don't get Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like, I think it was in the guitar nerds group. Was it? Yeah. And then, like, yeah. some, someone shared the uh, the video of like Stevie Ray, uh, where he breaks a string, and then he he just like completely bosses the yeah, solo nonchalant. Yeah, doesn't just... doesn't bother like changing the solo, just like adapts. He's like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then someone straight afterwards said, yeah, th- that's that's really wicked. That shows like how awesome Stevie Ray Vaughan was. Here's BB King. Doing exactly the same, but without a tech. And <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one as already well, sitting down. No, no, he's he's uh, he's at like some some festival. Yeah. Um, 
and he's maybe he's not sitting down, but like I, I think I've seen that one as well. Where yeah, he's singing, yeah, he just singing pulls out how, this string and like uses his mouth to. Yeah, he's singing <laughs> "How Blue Can You Get," and he's just like between the phrases, he's just like mm, yeah, just like like un- untuning the old string, putting the new one on, stretching it a bit, like tuning it up to pitch, whilst absolutely just nailing the vocal to "How Blue Can You Get," and I'm just like yeah. That that guy is an absolute monster. Like, there's a reason why he was the king of the blues. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just absolutely. moments like that. Because like his tech's there, his tech would would have sorted that, but he just hands him a string. He's like, "Yep, yeah, I got this." <laughs> so you're like, you can't argue with, can't argue with a bit of BB King there. Um. So yeah, um, I reckon it's time. Oh, it's not time for news, is it, Matt? No. It's time for a, for a Matt segment now. It is. It's so time for me to uh, get we're, my doing, ass a, we're doing a quiz because because you keep giving me quizzes and make and humiliating me <laughs> <laughs> and my and my abysmal knowledge of anything because I'm I'm a complete and utter fraud and like not quite, but you know what I mean. Hmm. Um, I I I've done a quiz as well. Like a, a message you go and do you want to do a podcast tonight? And you're like sure. Got this thing, thing in mind, and I was like, "Do you want me to do a quiz?" And you're like, "Yeah, go on then." <laughs> so I've written a quiz. Um, How many questions? There are eight questions in total. The first one does have a bonus question with it as well. Um, and we're going to do it in a slightly different format. We'll do the first seven questions. I will give you the the answers, and then question eight we'll do after we've done the answers to all the other ones because it's a slightly different format to the rest. Okay. Okay. I am ready. So, question number one. Yep. Is which famous guitarist originally owned the guitar that sold for the most amount of money, which was a whopping six six million US dollars, and a bonus put? Right. Do you understand the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which guitar yeah, who, is recently sold for six million dollars? Isn't it pretty much? Yeah, yeah. Right, and then okay. the, the bonus question on top of that is: uh, Can you tell me who bought the guitar? Or what company they are chairman of. Oh, fuck. No, I can't. And I'm pretty sure we did this as a segment on the podcast. Almost certain we did, yeah. No, About yeah. six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little longer than that. Maybe it was like May, June time, I think. Uh, go on, I'll give it a... I'll give it a guess. Okay. Okay, and the second question, which is slightly linked, um, what is the only other guitar that has sold for more than the famous Reach Out to Asia guitar that was signed by the likes of Clapton, Jagger, and Jimmy Page, Dave Gilmore, to raise funds for the Indonesian tsunami in 2004? So that sold for $2.7 million. I want the only other guitar that has sold for more than that amount. Yeah, I think I've got that. Okay. Uh, question number three. Who commissioned and now owns the Muddy Wood guitar, which was made from a board of the porch of Muddy Water's birthplace? <laughs> so it's, it's a famous guitarist went to the place of birth of Muddy Water's and was allowed to take a board from the porch of that birthplace to create, an in- to create a guitar now called the Muddy Wood. Who is that? Hang on, I'm, I'm writing a spiteful comment about who I think it is. Yep, okay. Okay, question number four. 
The Ibanez Destroyer is patterned after which other guitar by another manufacturer? Oh, yeah, no, no, that one. <laughs> I can even tell you, like, I, I can tell you enough about the Destroyer. Fair. Uh, yeah, uh, so, some of these should be fairly easy. Some, yeah. Some, some of the later ones might not be. Uh, so, who was the first guitar uh, brand to mass produce guitars with seven strings? Mm. So the first guitar brand to mass produce guitars with seven strings. So not who made the first ever one, yeah, but yeah, who yeah. made the first production run. He's thinking, which of these like five brands should I pick? Probably not even five. Probably three. I haven't gone. I've, I've not gone with any of them. Uh, whoops. <laughs> um. That might that was when I, I so I, I I stole that one from a quiz where I was going through the quiz going and I was like typing away and I was like it's not that one it's not that one it's not that one just, yeah. just kept typing until I got got to something um so next question yeah. which of the following birds is not featured in the PRS fretboard inlays oh fuck right <laughs> yeah okay the owl the hawk the raven or the hummingbird yeah go on. So which one of those four is not included in the PRS fretboard inlays? Yeah, I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay. I know I know um, definitely two. It's one of the one of the Right. Uh question seven is who is credited with developing both the original path for Gibson and the original wide range humbucker for Fender? I'm hoping this is a, an obvious one. <laughs> Right, have you got answers for all of them? Yeah, I've got answers for all of them, yeah. I, go I feel like you've done really well. Okay. <laughs> I might have, I don't know. Okay. So, question one was the famous guitarist whose guitar sold for $6 million. Was it the Kurt Cobain um, acoustic? It was. It was the unplugged acoustic with a yeah. pickup in it and some pots and stuff. <laughs> right, I've, I've gone for the CEO of Lexus because it sounds like a, a douchebag thing to... It, it, it does. The guy's name was Peter Friedman. And he's the chairman of Rode Microphones. Yeah, 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 that makes sense, actually. Yeah, I think I remember that, yeah. Okay. And the other guitar that sold for more than the 2.7? It's Gilmore's uh, number one, isn't it? No, it's not Gilmore's number one. That was It was Gilmore's Black Strat. Oh, mother fudger. Okay, number yeah. one was the, the cheaper one. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> so you got the right artist, just the wrong yeah. guitar. Yeah, because we reported on it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had a fucking clue. <laughs> um, who commissioned and now owns the Muddy Wood guitar? Right, so I've, this has got Bonamass written all over it because he's, he's just that kind of knobhead, isn't he? It's not Joe Bonamassa. Is it? Is it Billy Gibbons? It's Billy Gibbons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would have went with one of the, one of the two, uh, but I, I thought it was like a real, real Bonamassa move. It does it sound a little bit like I can understand why you did it, but no, it was, it was Billy Gibbons. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was I was torn between the two, but I thought, log, it just sounds so knobheady. <laughs> um, so it would be Bonamassa. And don't get me yeah. wrong, I love Bonamassa. I I listen to Bonamassa. It look probably one of the top three artists that I listen to as a just go to Bonamassa. But he's a knobhead. Like he's an absolute knobhead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a particular fan of his music either, but just 
I think that might be because like I knew of his sandals before I knew of his music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For <laughs> any artist who's got their own signature sandal, you you gotta yeah. you've got to question them a bit. I don't know whether you saw it, but um, he posted on Twitter. Somebody posted a video on Twitter of a man like running up a load of stat, basically doing parkour, parkour, but over like statues and over like little bits and bobs that were like monuments, place places and yeah. stuff, and. His response, he retweeted it and said, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. (laughs) (laughs) And one of our friends, Gra, um, just posted it in a couple of forums and just went, did anybody think of his merchandise store (laughs) when they saw this? Because, oh, but yeah. Absolutely, absolutely fucking lit. Those <laughs> those in like fucking shitty, shitty glass houses should not show throw shady ass salt stones, should they? Exactly, exactly. Right, Ibanez Destroyer. What is it? It's it's an explorer. Um, it is one of the guys from Iron Maiden used to play one for a while. Uh, Adrian Smith, I think it was. Um, I have coveted a, a destroyer for a while, so. There's yeah, absolutely I, no I, chance. I love them. Um, so, first guitar brand to mass produce a seven string. Right. So, I I, I know that seven strings had a, a history with jazz guitarists before they had a history of people who play the first and the zero fret. Um, so I'm gonna go with someone like Guild. Okay. the The brand that I've got is Ibanez. Okay. Um, first mass produced. Yeah. Okay. It might it, be it, that the the other ones weren't mass produced. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably say that. I I I just guessed at Guild because like they've done like uh, some pretty decent acoustics as well as like some quirky electrics. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I can see it. Right. Which of the birds did you go for? for uh, the- Raven. You're correct. It was the raven. I thought that would throw you off. I I would have gone hummingbird. No, no, it's quite ornate, isn't it? The hummingbird, and I think it's a lot further up the neck. I know that the owl is is like the first one, maybe. Um, and the hawk is twelfth, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> sorry, I'm just totaling up points for you. Um. And the final one, who create who's credited with creating both the path and the wide range humbucker? He was he was sung about uh, by Shaggy in the nineties, Mister Seth Lover Lover. <laughs> it was Mister Seth Lover, indeed. Okay, uh, the next one you don't need a pen for. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you three chances to get some points. So the, if you answer after I give the first thing, you yep. get five points. The next thing, you get three points. And the final thing, you get one point. So I'm go- I'm going to tell you key pieces of gear from somebody's rig. Yeah. And if you guess it from... So I'm going to start with amp, then I'm going to go for a pedal or a, something that's in the effects chain, and then finally the guitar. So mm-hmm. if you get it from just the amp, I will give you five points. If you guess after the, the pedal, you get three points. And if you guess f- from the guitar, you can have a point. You should you should definitely get a point. Okay, I hope. <laughs> uh, so the amp that I'm going for is the Vox AC30. Brian May. <laughs> it is Brian May. <laughs> Go on. What was the other clue? Then? 
Treble booster and red special. Yeah, yeah, okay, Brian May. Whoop. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you get five points for that. Whoop, whoop. Sorry, sorry for cutting the um, cutting that last uh, last round too short there. Um, for annoying. our listeners who were playing along, it uh, it was almost like uh, with the weed that was, wasn't it? <laughs> weed. It was. I I thought you might think that obviously there's quite a lot of people that use AC30s. No one quite as famous as um as Brian I mean, May. Like he's, would he's. You, would you not say that George Harrison is as famous as Brian May or? No, he he Don didn't Lennon. exclusively use boxes yeah. though. Yeah, I guess. Whereas, like people, I think like Jimmy Page has probably used one at some point, and and I'm yeah. sure Clapton's got one on on some something or or. Other. I'm sure Bonamass has got like 45 of the original run. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, <laughs> it all in the uh, what's it called Tonesville or whatever he's. Uh... Well, yeah. Oh mate, it just <laughs> oh. Just talking about him boils me piece. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, cool. Like, woo! I did a knowledge. Done really well there. There's only three points that you didn't get. There you go. And, and one and of them, you got the right guitarist. You just yeah. forgot that the black strat was more more expensive than the, the 001. Of course it was, yeah. Of course it fucking was. Uh, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, let us know uh, how you get along, podcast listeners. Um, if you are... <laughs> as, as, depressingly nerdy as I am or if you are more so um, right we've got got a bit of news I think we're, we're at the hour but fuck it let's uh, let's go along for the ride so PRS PRS uh, they have released the CE standard satin uh, which is I believe it's the model that um, that our Ollie plays uh, but they're doing like a Europe exclusive, 125 available. Uh, so, basic specs are like it's a, a PRS CE, so bolt on version rather than a set neck. Um, very thin nitro finish, so it should theoretically wear quite quite quickly and quite nicely. Yeah. Um, uh, 24 frets, which is not uncommon for PRS, and your standard kind of your custom 24 kind of shape um 14.99 oh you think yeah that's yeah that's all right decent and to be fair they do look wickies um i think the satin thing really works yeah it works far more than the horrible horrible high gloss that most prs's are that just just screams dentist yeah well it's it's all of it really isn't it it's if it was high gloss and had a relatively kind of like a like a subtle flaming to the the top. You'd be like, okay, that's that's kind of classy. Yeah. But it's the ridiculous flaming, the ridiculous like the the masked binding and the the like glossed within an inch of its life. Um, it all just looks too clean and too pristy, pristine and clinical. And as you say, it does. It looks like. It's the it's the embodiment of a dentist's uh, waiting room. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and that for that exact reason. Um, so I, I I saw this. In fact, I saw this last week because it was going to be on the live cast, but we ran out of time, um, and we were very close to melting. Um, <laughs> so I saw this last week and I thought, oh, that that's pretty cool. 
But then I had a little bit more of a think about it and thought, actually, 1,400 quid. Like, sorry, 1,500 quid for a bolt-on uh, a bolt-on neck. Like, very thin nitro finish. Are they doing us over here? So I thought we'd we'd roll this up into a bit of a new discussion about about PRS in general. Um, so from what I hear from PRS players, uh, and there there are some uh, some people who aren't dentists out there who play them. Like our um, mutual friend Steve has bought up a few recently, um, and it's because they. They are very reliable. They work. They work really well. Um, however, how the fuck ever? Uh, so fourteen hundred, sorry, fifteen hundred quid. What does that get you in the market? Kind of that 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 price point. So I thought I'd have a look. Uh, something which was quite similar. Um, something that Yeoman's bought like two years ago. Unless his uh, missus is asking and he's keeping it for me. Um, he did not buy that. Uh, uh, which was um like a, a special run, like a nitro finish version of the classic fifty strap. Uh, so I think it's Mexican made, but it's nitro finish. Um, twenty twenty one fret. So it's 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 kind of like your standard vintage strap. Yeah. relatively low output pickups um like nitro uh, amber tint gloss neck um bolt on as well as you would expect from a strat and that came in at about six and a half seven hundred quid uh i mean it, it was kind of like end of the line but it was still like six and a half seven hundred quid so very similar spec no, I'm not by any means not saying it's the same spec, but very similar spec, half the price pretty much. Um, what can you get these days? So if you're looking for a Les Paul standard, which is uh, the equivalent of the like the custom twenty four, which is the like we say the step up from that, the gloss finish, the uh, the really flamey top. But the equivalent of that is nineteen nine nine nine, so like two grand. An extra five hundred quid gets you a massive, massive step up in terms of like the perceived features and quality and whatnot. Um, Fourteen hundred, uh, like sorry, the uh, the the Gibson equivalent of this uh, guitar. So like a satin, like a satin finished um, nitro, a little bit stripped back would probably be your studio faded. Which I they they dropped the studio faded. Did they? Yeah, it's not in the line anymore. I forget what they call it now. They didn't have the yeah. The studio faded was the oh my. Was that the one that was like four five nine nine like two years ago? Mm, that was the Poss- possibly actually. I thought the studio faded was about eight hundred. Is that uh, not now called the traditional? No, no, the traditional is it's like a lower price standard. No, then it's not. It begins with something that means traditional, but isn't traditional. Then, but it's called something like that, like 
Um, oh, there's a word for it, and I've forgotten the word. Everybody's heard about the word. Yes, I mean, I'm I'm looking for Les Paul. Tribute. Uh, tribute. Tribute. Mind you. Les Paul Tribute. There you go. Uh, I've got a tribute. This is uh, Les Paul Special Tribute. Les Paul Tribute 899. Yeah. So, again, look, that'll be Nitro Finish. That'll be a set neck as well. So, arguably more hassle. Uh, wraparound bridge. Looking at this. Hello? It's a wraparound bridge here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got that as well. So, that's a lot flat top. So, very, very stripped back version. Um, so, if you went for the studio, because the studio is kind of similar, um, but not with the, um, not with the the satin finish. What's a what's a studio taking like sending you back? There you go. So studio, um, thirteen four nine. I've got eleven. Uh, I think this is a special one. Eleven nine nine. There this you is go. A special color. Ignore me. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, like eleven nine nine nine, um, really similar. American made has got a, a gloss finish rather than a um, a thin satin finish. Yeah. So also uh, has a set neck. Yeah, arguably, oh. arguably more hassle to make than the PRS or three hundred quid less. Yep. Um. And then it got me looking into like the the PRS standard stuff, like the the custom twenty four, which is you kind of almost like your equivalent of the Les Paul standard. Yeah, because uh, they obviously do the private stock stuff, which is ridiculous prices. Yeah, well, that's more like the Gibson Custom Shop, isn't it? The private stock. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, what's the one up from the standard? Standard plus. Standard special? Double standard? I don't know. Uh, what, from Gibson? Yeah. Uh, custom um, or high performance? High performance, I think. Okay. I think. Do you think that's that's more of an equivalent? Yeah, well, it's it's basically like a Les Paul standard, but with modern features, isn't it? Okay, okay, I'll, I'll concede that. So what's a what's a high performance coming in at these days? Um, I'm just trying to find, and my computer is being very slow. The boys. I think I think they're like so. It's two three nine nine. So it's another th- it's another four hundred quid on top of it. Uh, oh, um, yeah, standard standard. standard. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so that so we'll we'll put that as the equivalent. Custom twenty four. Last time I checked, they were about twenty four hundred. Uh, maybe a little bit more for like quadruple A flame tops. Yeah. What I've got them at, at the moment is like thirty eight hundred. Yeah. Seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. That like. Gibson get ragged on so much. They got ragged on for the fact that their Les Paul standard was like two 
like, what was it like the year before like a couple of years ago it was like 2.8 or something weren't it like that kind of price range Gibson got absolutely slated for that yeah yeah they did and yeah it's it would appear that PRS are are doing that and getting away with it yeah but I think Les Paul is uh, sorry uh Les Paul. Uh, PRS has always been an obnoxiously more expensive knockoff of Gibson guitars, is it not? Like, <laughs> um, no, no. Like, if if like if you'd have said to eighteen-year-old me, "What is a PRS?" and I'd have said a shiny, expensive, but a shiny, more expensive Gibson. That's yes. like. If you'd have, if you'd ask eighteen year old me, or if you ask Joe off the streets who knows a little bit about guitars but not much, what they know about PRSs is they're ridiculously more expensive than anything else. Realistically, as a standard run, yeah, they've they've always kind of lived in that. They've in that the, yeah, they've area. always lived above the like where the the Gibson standards have been, haven't they? But as- yeah, they they're one of those. It's it's like Lexus or Mercedes. Like you're paying for the brand as much as you're paying for the like the brand and the history behind it and the like the hit the history of quality and the the yeah. perception of quality. I think I think that's that's it more more than the kind of the heritage of the brand, which has it's built up over the years. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. It's the, the perception uh, of that brand. Yeah, I think like th- there's no argument that Gibson are a more well-known brand. Like you could ask Joe Bloggs on the street for a guitar brand, and they might say Gibson and Fender. Yeah, they definitely ain't going to be saying PRS, are they? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's like amongst the guitar communities that that perception of consistent quality, um, amongst especially amongst the higher end stuff. Uh, I mean the 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 SE like even down to like the Korean SE stuff, they it they almost have like an air of uh, punching above their price point at, the, at that end as well, um, and it's it's almost like if you want if you're buying a PRS you're buying the fact that it's going to be absolutely no perfect out of the uh, um the box and it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be absolutely flawless. Um and that that's a big criticism of uh of certain Gibson guitars over the I'm not saying it log all of them, but certain Gibson guitars is the fact that the the quality control has not been quite as tight as it could be. But if Gibson can make this spec of guitar this Something which is comparable for easily a grand less, if yeah. not more. What what's the fucking big deal? PRS, what what you're playing at? <laughs> like I say, it, it's all about being that elitist brand, isn't it? It's like if you go to Harrods, you're going to pay a premium for a pot of jam or whatever they sell. I don't know what they sell in Harrods. <laughs> Probably do sell jam. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like it, but I bet you they sell jam for more than bloody Tesco's do, and it's probably made yeah. from the same. Fruit. <laughs> yeah, just just as jammy. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a jam connoisseur. Like, they're not listening to this podcast. What am I talking about? But you know what I mean. Like, there'll be jam connoisseurs out there who can tell the difference. But I mean, the, the Venn diagram, you'd never know if the Venn diagram touches, Matt. Like, <laughs> like, like shit posting, essentially, guitar talk. <laughs> And like jam connoisseur, they, they might they might meet. You know, you never know. You really don't. Uh, I was going to compare it to like <laughs> wine, and yeah, like Joe blogs off the off the street would go, yeah, this wine tastes like wine. Yeah. And then you get the the wine connoisseurs. Oh, but this uh, Chablis is X and X year, and it's it's like it was a wine year, quality, and it's it? yeah. And- it's more palatable. It's, yeah, shut up. Nobody, nobody yeah. likes wine anyway. It, and exactly, it, it, yeah, it is, it is cat piss. It is literal, <laughs> literal cat piss. I, uh, I tried, yeah. tried having some wine, because uh, I've been, like, because I've not been having to go into work so much. I've been, uh, I've been home drinking a little bit more, uh, and because of that, I've run out of home beer. Um, but we've got like shed loads of wine kicking about from like where my missus has been giving them as presents, and uh, <laughs> and we just like inherited wine from like house parties and stuff. Um, so I thought I'm gonna see if I like wine. I do not like wine. I'm sure you can learn to like wine, but why do I want to learn to like something like I? I don't care that my palate isn't as defined as you wine drinkers. Just. I'm happy with me lager. No, it, like, ta- it it tastes like turbo cat piss. It's just like, like white wine is the stuff that is left on the table at a wedding for you to get pissed quickly, so you don't have to spend forty five quid a fucking round. That's that's what white wine is there for, and yeah. red wine is there for obnoxious people. Oh uh, yeah, and <laughs> I, I I tried the the wine that I had. It was like a bottle of you know, like Blossom Hill Rosé or something. And and rose, as far as I'm aware, is like your your gateway. If you if you yeah, it's like isn't it supposed to be sweet white wine, like a really sweet, nice flavored white wine? Well, yeah, yeah. So I, I I'm to understand so I've heard, that that's what I've heard. Yeah, I, I don't drink the stuff. Yeah, if if you want to drink wine, if you want to appear to be like a wine drinker, but don't really appreciate wine, you go in through the rose door, and then you can. You can access yeah. the other the the other wines. Um, it was it was pure cat piss. It was just <laughs> fucking revolting stuff. Like uh, it was literally just a like one of those one glass bottles of, of rose wine. And I was thinking I could get through that. Like surely I'll get after I've done one, I'll get a taste for it and I'll open a bottle. I I struggled to get through the one. <laughs> it was. Fucking horrendous. Uh, since then, I've bought more beer because <laughs> it was better. <laughs> uh, oh dear. Right, we're, I'm I'm looking at this time. We're we're like one twenty in, pretty much. We might be less than that because I think I started the recording a little bit early. But it's it's around about the time to end. However, okay. are we ending with PRS guitars are like wine? Yeah, PRS <laughs> guitars are essentially like really. Cat pissy guitars, and <laughs> like I can't play a whole one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, 
No, I, I didn't want to. I don't want to end on on the smell of cat piss. Uh, so, uh, we, we'll go for we'll go for a couple of listener questions. I reckon we can bosh these out pretty quick. And the the listeners, sorry, it was my Instagram viewers actually more than anything. Those guys, uh, really, really, uh, really kind of stepped up to the hockey with this one, where they <laughs> they started answering answer, answering some questions. Sorry, asking questions. Um, and I didn't get rent to them on the the live cast because we ran out of time. So I want to give these guys a little shout out. So first one, Alex Harper, um, legend. Like really good slide guitar player, uh, makes me makes me ever so slightly jealous when he plays plays slide, because he doesn't make it sound like a caterwauling animal being being abused of some description. Um, he actually makes it sound like blues. That's not fair. I know. Yeah. Damn you. Um. So his question uh, was, who will Gibson sue next? Uh, which I think is uh, is it's tied in with. Epiphone. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be that would be. <laughs> They're oh. not authentic. They're not oh. authentic. No. Have you seen that, no. that meme where there's the bloke riding a bicycle and he's got a twig? And he jabs the twig in the front. F- yeah. Front. Better. Yeah. That that is that isn't it. <laughs> that's that's Gibson doing that. I don't. Th- I I am pretty sure it won't be that. No, it won't be. But... It won't be. Um. Who who does like a. Uh, who doesn't? Everybody does every type of guitar. Everybody does. Yeah, so they've done Dean, haven't they? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ibanez. I reckon, like for the destroyer. The yeah, they're gonna they're gonna retrospectively. <laughs> no, they 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 stamped out the destroyer. They stamped out the the V blade and the the um. The ones way, way in the past, like the lawsuit era stuff as well. Um, but they do, like, they do some relatively Les Paul shaped things. They do some 335, like the AS series are quite 335 looking. Yeah. If if anything, I think they might go after that next. Right, well, my, my, my serious answer is also going to be completely ridiculous, but Gibson owned Tascam, therefore they're going after Focus right. <laughs> you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue Cause, with that. Because they make audio interfaces as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah not loud. Tascam <laughs> did them first, I'm going to say. Might be true, probably not, I don't really care. Gibson, just just, just put, put your suing button down. Just, just sit back and like have a think about what you're doing. I mean, they haven't done it in a while, so either one of two things has happened: they've learnt their lesson. Okay, one of three things. So they've either learnt their lesson. All of the lawsuits that were going through back when they were having their little hissy fit phase have have gone through, and then there's there's no longer any like backlash from that. Or number three, they are getting ready for the mother load. <laughs> they'll, yep. they'll just like, like Oprah. Everybody, yeah. you can have you a suing. Get a- you can have a suing. Yeah. You can all have a suing. That's it. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I'm, I am, I am hoping it is number one. I hope they have learned their lesson and just go. Actually, you know what? We are. We're not going to win this. 
And even if we do, we're not going to make friends. It's like when Metallica sued Napster. They're like, it might have been the right thing to do, but fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, fuck you guys. Uh, so, yeah. I think I think those are our, our answers. Do you want one last one before we go? I think I think we should do a few of them. Just just pick a, just pick the scotch. We'll be we'll be, it'll be fine. Yeah, go on then. Uh, so barefoot, uh, barefoot bearded wizardry, best female vocal, best female guitarist. Um, guitarist. I'm gonna go for Nita Strauss. Um, and vocal. Come back to me whilst you do yours, because I need to think. Right for for guitarists, um, I am really impressed with. I mean, like usually when we do this, I think we did this a, a while back, and I, I, I cited uh, Jennifer Batten and Laurie Lindstroth as uh, two female, and and as much as that is still true, I still think those those girls are absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm seeing a an influx of Instagram guitarists who aren't just like put the short top on, play a few chords and well, hey, I've got an audience because that has happened in the past and more power to you. If, if I had that, that ability to use my, <laughs> my charms uh, to, to gather an audience, I'd do exactly the same. So I'm, it's not like I'm, I'm out there, trying to shame them for doing that. Yeah. But I've started seeing more and more like super, super legit guitar playing from from girls. I think there was a there was one on uh the guitar nerds like Friday special a couple of weeks back and I saw the name. I didn't listen to the podcast because again like I'm I'm behind and in terms of like hierarchy of podcast guitar nerds come underneath tone jerks. So if I ain't picked up on them, I'm definitely not doing the guitar nerds. Uh, yeah. But um, they, they did one on a girl called Sophie Burrell. I've heard of her. Yeah. And so, so I went on Instagram and thought, I'll, I'll check her out. See, see if she's any good. She, yeah, absolutely wicked. Like some, some fantastic playing, but there's, there's so many that I'm seeing now that I can't keep up with them. And that yeah. is that's something that's really exciting me because the um the exposure of like decent female guitar players um has been very very limited in the past yeah 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 and it's and i th- i think the the marketing has been where they've they've almost like shone a, shone a light on subpar guitar playing for the fact that oh, they're they're okay at guitar, but look at their face, they're beautiful, and I'm just like, no, I'm not about that. Like, yeah, it's fine if you if you're a nice looking girl or whatever, but I want to see some like I want to see some some decent music, and there's some girls out there who are making me think, shit, I need to practice, and that's what I want to be seeing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, I'll I'll go for my vocalist. So like, I'm, it's it's tough, but I'd either go for Amy Winehouse or yeah. Nina Simone as like top female vocalist. Yeah, yeah, legit. Like, uh, Amy Winehouse, I I'm a massive fan of. I really, really 
uh, like her, she, like some of her life stuff was fucking ropey. <laughs> um, but when you, she was you can on, say that by a lot of musicians at the end of the day. But like her albums were phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, like even the one that was bought out after a, a death, the Lioness one, which was like a few remixes and someone released stuff. Some of the tracks on that were fantastic. Uh, the uh, the version of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, which she did, did, did for um, Bridget Jones 2, Edge of Darkness. I think that was the title. <laughs> Pretty sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's go with Edge the, of Darkness. The yeah. gritty reboot of Bridget Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she did uh, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, and that version is absolutely fucking phenomenal. Uh like Amy Wynes is worth it for log for that alone. Um I I like I really like some female vocalists. Like I will listen to like Adele. I'll like her twenty one album. I, I I jam along to that. Because the vocal vocal lines taught me shit tons about phrasing. Um because like her, her vocal phrasing's amazing. Phrasing's amazing. <laughs> oh dear. Um like I, I much more appreciate Adele for her restraint than the likes of Beyonce who just oversings everything. Yeah. Um the even though again she's got a, a fantastic voice. Um Sia. I love Sia. Uh there's a couple of like really awesome Sia tracks I love. Uh, who else is that? Like I'm gonna throw out a controversial one here. Um like like females of like the rock rock business, you would think are oh, Stevie Nicks. I prefer Christine McVie over Stevie Nicks in Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna light some fires. That's controversial. It is, it really is. Um but I think I think Christine McVie, she doesn't get the credit she deserves because she's like an absolute. It, it's a it's a really honest voice. I, I feel, whereas Were I, any of them in that band honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not to each other. <laughs> uh, the, the the music is very. It's it's laden with real emotion. Um. With Stevie Nicks, I can almost, I can hear what she's trying to do. It's it's almost it comes from a a, a very kind of trained vocal point of view, um, and I can I can hear the tricks that she's trying to trying to pull with the vocal. Um, with Christine, I think it's just it's just raw kind of emotion behind it, uh, right. and I I prefer that. Uh, I know there are there are many people here there. We're not going to agree with that, and and bring bring it on, bring it on. Um, while I'm here, who fighters suck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Why they not? just don't. They just don't. You, they're you just can't so have fucking that. boring. Like they're not boring. I, I, There's I, nothing boring about the Foo Fighters. Yeah, that's not the excitement. That's the bit. That's the, you build. You build on things. You don't just go excitement. It yeah, well, builds to a crescendo. The crescendo is just that. But louder. 
Whoa, whoa. Slow down there, grolly boy. Uh, so, yeah. You clearly never listened to that song. Uh, no, I get I get past Jug Jug to think this is, this is taking so fucking songs, long. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Right, okay. next question before we have a proper argument. Yeah, one last one. Uh, so... Joe Joe Richardson of Patreon fame uh, to uh, Mike your cab or to Di. So which do you prefer? Well, bearing in mind I don't own anything that you can Di out of. Um, but like you, you've gone into Wall of Sound, for example. Yes, but I wouldn't ever take my PC with me to run live, whereas I take amps with me all the time and microphones. Yeah, <laughs> like. If you can, if you can mic a cab, that's the answer. That's just it is the whether you like it or not, whether you're a digital fan or not, whether you're a DI person or not. If you can mic a cab live, it is always better to do so. It's not, it, and I I know that's a false statement, but <laughs> always mic a cab, or I will all you will never ever hear me say I'm not going to mic the cab. Let's just pl- like I'm, I've bought a two notes captor m and a preamp and i've i've i'm running yeah no i'm like bearing in mind you have to spend what you spend on an amp to get a good di sound anyway what's the fucking point well yeah i mean i can't argue with <laughs> that, that that's I mean, that's my two cents so i mean the the captor x you can uh it's like four five hundred quid i think yeah so then you need a preamp as well well, that's like assuming you've already got your, like your amplifier. You'd be able to go from, like speaker out to. Sorry, like the the speaker input of your your amp to the Captor X and then to the speaker. So you could do it that way. Yeah, because it then it works as an attenuator as well. So but you at that have, point, you've got your amp and a, a Captor X is four hundred quid and a microphone's, the decent one is one hundred and fifty. I mean, like you can get cheaper ones for for less than that that still do the job. Like uh, an SM57 is like 90 quid. Yeah, and exactly. They're, so they're, they're fucking industry standard. They're, yeah, they're not 450 quid or whatever a Captor M is. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I went to Joe with that. Like, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like unless the, the situation that you are in means that you cannot, like, microcab... Like all of my demos are not done through mic'd cabs because those things wake children up, and that is bad news bears. Um, but if I could, if I could be in the room with my amp at eleven, with a mic in front of it, I'd be doing that all day, every day. Yeah. Um, but no, apparently Joe really likes the sound of the deoid. Uh, guitar. He has the option of micing it up a lot of the time, but chooses to uh, either blend the two or just go straight di. And like he's he's released a lot of music, and I've not had any problem with his guitar. He, he's in like everybody's entitled to their opinion as as to what sound. But and if people like at the end of the day, if people can't tell, then fair enough. But it it pretty much all comes down to personal feel. Like th- we are at the point where. There are DIs out there good enough. They're expensive. You can't get it from a forty quid Moore preamp and a twenty-five pound cab sim. 
Point me towards this £25 cab sim, please. You know what I mean, like, you, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. but like, in fact, I'm pretty sure the more preamps have cab sims built into them. Uh, yeah, I think they do, yeah, I think they... And they sound absolutely horrendous. Yeah, but... so to be able to, to get the best out of it, you need to pair it up with, like, the, the more radar. Yeah, which was another 80 or 90 quid. More than that, 100 and 130, I think, was the... Okay, so at that point, you spent 200 and... You spent two hundred and forty, yeah, yeah, maybe slightly less. Uh, for that, you can buy uh, Marshall Origin on when they're on sale. And yeah, I, I definitely prefer the sound of a Marshall Origin. And then you, you, you know, you do one gig where you don't have to mic up, and then the next gig you use the money that you put, got from the last gig, and you buy an SM fifty seven. <laughs> yeah, just crank it at one gig, and then the next gig you're fine. Um. No, I, I mean it comes down to like the, the like you say the feel, and I think it's the the complexities of the, the the overtones that you get with a, like a guitar, like the note is there, but then on top of that note, you've also got like the, like the weird harmonic frequencies that you don't really hear, but are still there. And yeah, when you're. Uh, when you're modelling all of that, you don't get that because it models just the the direct yeah. uh, direct note, and it doesn't get that kind of the subtleties of these weird harmonic overtones. And then if you add to that the fact that it doesn't happen within a vacuum as well, a guitar a, when you mark a guitar, it doesn't happen within a closed system. You've got how it responds to the mic positioning and, and like the sound of the room, even if it's like a really directional mic, like a 57, be like the part of the room that you are in will play. Even if it's a minute um, part of your sound, it will make a, a difference in your sound. Yeah. Like the, the thing that I come back to when people say things like this is, and I know people will say it's not 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 an amazing track, but Seven Nation Army by um, White Stripes, love it or hate it. If you listen to that track with a decent set of headphones on, in the background you can hear the spring tank in the amp, and you just every now and then, either when a kick drum goes or when the when he when he's playing the quote unquote bass line. I know it's through an octave pedal, it's a guitar, but like every now and then you just hear the the, the sploosh of the, of the 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 spring tank just kind of being rocked a little bit, and You'd never get that with a DI, and uh, I think yeah. it adds to the song. I just, I it, things like that, like they've been left in for a reason. Like they, they add to the to the song. They add to the realness of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the squeaking of um, John Bonham's uh, yeah. drum pedal in, Bass in pedal. like in many many of the uh, Zeppelin tracks. Yeah, like you could say that that was. Not quite perfect, but like like fuck it 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 makes that a realistic performance. Yeah, and like in in uh like since I've been loving you, like that song like dynamically comes down, but you can still hear that like squeaking pedal, and you're like shit, man. This is this is a real band. Yeah, um, I think that's a lovely place to end it, and because I've looked over. We are we're looking like we, it's another fucking two hour cast again. <laughs> it's not far off. It's like an hour. Can we just answer Joe Halliday's question? 
Go on then. Go on. What's what's two hours between friends? Right. So Joe of Hello Sailor Joe. Joe. Hello Joe. Hey Joe. Uh, oh, um, he's asked us a, a really simple question to end it. When the the podcast, he says, "What's the meaning of life?" Um, okay, and my response to that is, the meaning of life is whatever you give to it. Life has no meaning other than whatever you want it to mean. Indeed. I mean, he did. He followed this up with P90s and wraparound bridges. Like, hint, hint. Uh, so, And if that's what you want life to mean, the, the pursuit of tone, then that's the meaning of life to you. Make life whatever you want it to mean. Stop worrying about whatever it actually means and just go and enjoy yourselves. Yeah, let's let's end it there. That is that's that's a lovely place to to end it. What what a lovely sentiment. I'm down with that. Um, <laughs> now let's plug some shit. Uh, yeah, patronise us. You've been amazing. You've kept the lights on for this, and you uh you get another shout out because I'm feeling uh I'm feeling like I'm gonna pass the book to Matt actually. Matt, give us a shout out. Shout out. There you go. <laughs> no, that was it. So who we got? Do you remember? Uh, we, uh, uh, so, not in order. Uh, it was Yeomans first. Yeomans he was, was, yep. Yeomans was first. Then, uh, I'm going to get them in the wrong order, but Joseph Richardson. He's one of them, yeah, that's two. Uh, Doug Christ. Yep. Uh, Brian Gower. Yep. We've got, um, oh my God, he's on the telephone. Uh, ben Fletcher, Fletcher Pickups. Yep, yeah, yeah. Am I missing two? You're missing two, yeah. Uh, Andrew Bimson. Yep. And Hugh Rection. Always end with Hugh Rection. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah, so you guys are our patronisers. For as little as $2 a month, you can get your name shouted. Sh- short, Sh- shouted, short, short, shouted, shouted, <laughs> yeah, shot, shot. You can get your name shot on the podcast at the end. <laughs> um, yep, it's well worth the money. Well worth it. Uh, go to patreon.com slash fret talk to find out more. Um, if you want to catch me online, I do a series called the No Talk All Tone. Uh, on my YouTube channel, which has just recently uh, surpassed 400 members, which I'm I'm pretty proud of. Um, so that's youtubecom slash chap. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as slash budgetpedalchap. Like, check out the Instagram. The Instagram is blowing up recently. I've been doing like quizzes and just just some. It's it's fun. It's fun. Sometimes I open Instagram. Indeed. And when you do, you answer the questions, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, I did a poll today, because uh, today, funnily enough, was a release date of last week's podcast. Uh, and I asked, oh, who who, who out there, who, which, like, which one to use uh, listeners? And it shows me all of the people who have seen it. Our, our actual listeners, because I know these people who listen, lazy fuckers. They didn't answer the question. All the people who haven't, you know, like, no, not me. So, so I've not, I've not posted up the results on that one yet, because it looks <laughs> as if no one listens to the podcast. <laughs> but it's, it's not. It's just our listeners are fucking lazy. 
Um, and I I am there with you. Love you guys. Um, so Matt, you are uh, heel underscore Matt Q at Twitch, Twitter, to Instagram, Twit the Bad Bookers podcast. Yep. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it. Um, what a lovely, lovely chat we've had tonight. It's been amazing. I really enjoyed this. Um, oh yeah, I reckon we've got to do, we've got to end end it properly now, and then we'll probably do a shit joke in about about twenty seconds or so. <laughs> so from myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chop, from Mister Matt Coyne. Hey, bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Ta-ra a bit. Bye. We're waving. Look, they're not. We here. are waving. We, we are waving. Wave. We always wave. It's it. Wave. So. <laughs> One day, two boys were walking through the woods when they saw some rabbit droppings on the floor. One of the boys said, what's that? He says, oh, they're smart pills. Eat them and they'll make you smarter. So he ate them and he says, these taste like shit. To see, you're already getting smarter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Quite innocent. I do like that.